Welcome to the Mind Positivo podcast. My name is Biagio, and today we're joined by a very special guest. Comes all the way from the United States, uh, the state of Washington. His name is Manny Martinez. Uh, Manny is the president of the Relentless Leadership, which delivers interactive learning experiences in leadership and management that helps people produce real business results. In October 2018, Manny completed a 30-year career in the United States Air Force, reaching the summit of leadership as a Chief Master Sergeant. He served military tours in the US, Germany, Italy and Turkey and deployed to military operations in Kuwait, United Arab Emirates, Afghanistan. During his 30-year Air Force career, his primary passion was simple, develop leaders and grow management teams to reach their highest potential. Manny Martinez, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you, Biagio. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and I appreciate you taking the time, especially being on the other side of the planet. And um, it's an honor to have you on the program. Um, I just wanted to start by just uh, tell us a little bit about um, how, you know, the leadership side of things came about for you and, um, and a little bit how that your, your military career influenced, influenced that. Yes. Well, growing up, I grew up in Puerto Rico, and I believe one of the first opportunities I got a chance to see leadership in action was a neighbor of mine. His name was Aníbal Berrios. He was the kind of person that knew everybody in my neighborhood. In my neighborhood, we had all kinds of different people, whether they be young, old, families, large and small, and he knew a little bit of something about every single family what their interests were, what their likes and dislikes, whether they had a, an important event that was coming up. He knew everybody. Often I'd come home from school and I'd see him in front of somebody's house talking to a neighbor. He would come to our house a couple of times a week and stop by, say hello, talk to my family. He knew us very, very personally. He knew a little bit about each one of us. Little did I know that he was teaching me something about leadership, about taking the time to know your people and to know them just beyond, say, the jobs that they do or that they come to work and then they leave and go and do something else. He knew about our interests, about our hobbies. When I entered the military, I found his example to be very useful to me. I would walk around my buildings and talk to people, the ones that worked with me, even the ones that didn't work with me. I would just take the time to get to know them in some sort of way, their interests, their hobbies, their names, their families. That helped me throughout my military career, knowing different people, understanding what was happening in their lives. It was a great lesson I didn't know I was learning when I was a young child. Yet, as I served in the military for 30 years, I found that to be an extremely helpful way of leading people just by getting to know them and understanding them. Right. So Manny, with um, the whole career in, in, in the air force, and then you moved into the corporate world and, you know, you're training so many people around leadership. Um, I know we sort of touched on this ourselves previously when we spoke that your, your passion is developing young people to aspire to what they want to be. 
no matter what the career path is. And what do you see the difference between, you know, the, the, the military and the civilian type of uh, development of, of young people to be what they want to be? There's certainly a different mindset when it comes to being in the military. Perhaps it's the profession of arms. We call it the profession of arms. The military has a particular culture that's very much its own. Imagine our ultimate role is to perhaps fight a war. It's not something necessarily that we seek every single day. I wouldn't say that I was a warmonger and I looked for picking fights. Yet we have a calling where we might have to go into very dangerous places. We rely on the person to our left and to our right. We put our lives entrusted to those whom we serve because we know that they would also give up their lives for us if necessary. It's a humbling experience being in the military, knowing that somebody is relying on you for their well-being perhaps, you know, to, to stay alive, if you will. And likewise, I put myself in that situation that ultimately, if that needed to happen, I would have my colleagues back, if you will. In the civilian sector, it's a little bit different because obviously the stakes are usually not that high. And thankfully, that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yet, this sense of, of camaraderie and teamwork that we understand in the military from the beginning, sometimes in the civilian sector isn't quite as clear. And, and here's, here's what I mean. There are individuals in organizations that bring in wonderful employees. They have great talents, great skills. For some leaders, they find that to be something of value Look at how this individual is succeeding. Look how this individual is doing so well. Whereas some people find that to be threatening because they feel that perhaps the person who is, say, their employee is performing at a higher level than the person who's the manager or the leader. In the military, at least from my experience, I was more concerned about the team getting it right, not necessarily if I got it right. I was perfectly okay being not the smartest person in the room because I knew that relying on other people's insights, resources, perspectives were going to make all of us better. And there are some organizations in the civilian sector that that are still trying to understand what that looks like. How can I make my team be successful And when that happens, I can be successful as well. Some people can be intimidated by that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a great example. I mean, we see it also in Australia, and I guess it's all over the world, where someone feels intimidated by someone who's doing a great job and fears that they may take their job one day. Um, But there's also, and you probably see this more so in the US than here in Australia, is a lot of young people aspire to be, as they call, entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, 
you know, a lot of them don't have this training similar to what you've experienced. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be in the military, but even in, in, in normal life uh, where you've had some, some sort of um, experience that gives you a little bit of maturity before jumping in. Yeah. Um, what do you see as the biggest challenges and what well, some advice to particularly the, the young people who want to aspire to be entrepreneurs as such? I think this is something that many of us struggle with. And certainly as a, as a younger person, I did is the concept of wanting to be perfect, striving for perfection. I'm not going to jump in and get started until I know exactly how everything's going to work out. I know exactly all the steps I need to take. The reality is in entrepreneurship, you rarely do you have that luxury to know everything that you have an entire roadmap in front of you. And all you have to do is plug and play. Very rarely do you get that opportunity, if ever. Yeah. As, as entrepreneurs, one of the things that we need to consider is the ability to take risks. We have to be able to look at the decisions that we make, make the best choices, and that every decision we make will have some sort of level of risk. And yet at the end of the day, when we have successes, wonderful, what are we learning from those things? When we have moments where we stumble, what are we learning from those things? When we have moments where we didn't quite have the outcomes we were looking for, what are we learning from those outcomes to then turn around and apply that in a more positive way? As, a, as, as young people, we lack some of those experiences. It can be very overwhelming. It can be very scary to just put ourselves out there. As somebody who's been around the block a few times, I, I shared that growing up. I was afraid of perhaps what people might have thought of me. Or I thought, well, if I don't get it right, am I going to get the opportunity to try it again? Well, I think it's even more important to give it your best, to not become paralyzed by the what if, because I don't know, or I don't have all the skills and talents. I don't understand how everything works. It's okay to figure it out a little bit as you go along. Even if you've got knowledge, skills, and abilities, you're going to have moments where you're going to perhaps stumble and fall and you just pick yourself up and keep going, keep moving forward. That builds humility. It builds character. It builds resilience. And I think to build resilience, you have to put yourself in positions where you have risked, where you have made mistakes, where you have had failures, if you will. The the resilience you'll learn from that will be what will help you and propel you to what you want to achieve. Yeah, great point there. And um, I'm sure you see this a lot, Manny, in, in the work you're doing today um, with the leadership. Um, the whole social media um, influence, pressures, um, mm-hmm. you know, if I jump on, want to become an entrepreneur, I see Manny doing really well and I'm not doing that well as well as he is. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? Do you, do you cover that in what you do with your leadership training for particularly the, the younger people, even the, a little bit up in age as well? Mm-hmm. For 
my leadership program, we don't necessarily get too much into the social media aspects. What I can say is more than focusing on how other people might be performing, the more important focus should be on yourself. How are you showing up? How are you having the mindset you need to be successful? I talk about things, how are you caring for yourself physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually, which Matthew Kelly, who is a motivational speaker and, and an author who's from Australia, talks about those particular pillars. How are we as, as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as, as, you know, as young people looking out, trying to kind of make our mark in the world and, and, and build our legacy, how are we showing up? And I believe that has very little to do with what the other person is doing and a lot more to do with who we are as people. Right. There's always going to be someone who is more successful than you, whether it's financially or physically. At the same time, what's your definition of success? And are you moving daily towards your own definition of success? And I don't think success is predicated by how many likes I get on a Facebook post or how many people are following me on Instagram. That's, to me, it's a, not necessarily the accurate measurement of success. More so, am I living the life that I want to live? And is it something that is adding value to myself, to my family, to my community, and to those whom I serve? That's a much more accurate measurement of success for me. Yeah, so it's all about the discipline of yourself and what you're looking to get out of it and making sure you in, you're happy or, and, and enjoy what you're doing. Because uh, if you're not, you're, you're going to fail straight away before you even achieve any of the other things. And what leads me to my next question, I know I would jump back into the military side of it. Um, you know, as you know, in the military, you're trained, developed in a certain way. Then, and this is an issue, I guess, all over the world, but I see in Australia as well, is our return service men and women are trained in that sort of way to, to, to focus on what the job is, what they've got to do. But then when they come into civilian life, there doesn't seem to be a program or a structure for them to fit back in. And a lot of them find themselves, you know, struggling with a lot of uh, issues around even mental health and stuff like that. What are your thoughts about the two different scenarios there? It reminds me of a, of a story, Gotcha, if I could use this story first to kind of explain what sometimes what um, veterans face after they leave. There was a friend of mine who served 20 years in, in the military. Afterwards, he retired and was working for our state government. He was hired based on his skills, his abilities, his, his resume, the things that he brought to the table. And yet, because he tackled his job the way military people tackle everything, you know, straight on, you know, get to it. You know, my, I don't go home till the job is done sort of mentality. It made his supervisor feel intimidated to the point to where 
supervisor would tell him things like, um, you need to leave your military thinking behind. We do things differently here. Or you're, you're working too hard. You need to slow down. Eventually, he was, he was fired. He was laid off. To, he showed up to his office. His things were put in a box. And he was escorted out of the building as if he were a criminal. Now, that's a very awful scenario. Yet, it's a good example of sometimes what some of the service members, servicemen and women feel is this disconnect between this approach of when we come to work, we are fully immersed in what we do. We want to do the best job possible because we see that our success benefits everyone, not just ourselves. That's not necessarily the viewpoint of some people in the civilian sector. The other aspect of it is, let's take me for example. I turned 18 years old and a week after I turned 18, I entered the military. My entire adult career, I wore a uniform. It's a very different mindset and culture when you are in the military. The outside world's a little different. The outside of those gates, it's different. And often we just, we lack the the language, the culture, the structure that happens outside of the military gates. And so we struggle with it. It's, it's, it's like saying you move into a different country. I mean, you know this, you, you, you know, you are, you're Italian descent, you live in Australia, and you know that one country to another has a different set of belief systems and language and culture and traditions. Imagine basically you lived in, you know, you worked in one country, now you're working in another country. And that's sometimes what it feels like for military people. Their experience that they grew up with for, you know, many years does not translate into what they're doing now. And that's very difficult to, to work through Yeah, so and and it's like a a massive culture shock, no mm-hmm. different to a, a, a someone migrating to a new country, like you said, um, yeah. and not understanding the language. So uh, the challenge is there. Was, that's a fantastic example, Manny. Um, with um, just in sort of wrapping up, with uh, the future of um, the leadership training that you do, um, where do you where do you, where do you see yourself and what, what is the ultimate goal moving forward for, for Manny and what you do in, in developing and inspiring people into leadership? Yes, thank you for asking that. This, this past year has been a fantastic year for my organization in terms of growth, participants, clients. Someone told me during a coaching session a month or so ago, that she had been in the human resource HR world for three decades. And for the first time ever, she was really learning something new. And that was really inspiring to me. The ability for 
my organization to help people develop a toolkit to grow others so they become greater than themselves by becoming better communicators, by being able to tap into a, a mindset where we as leaders are bringing up, growing and developing the next group of leaders. It's a, it's a work of, it's a labor of love and a work of humility because I think we learn as leaders more about ourselves through, through the people that we serve. Our program is one based on servant leadership and that's been a, a changing leadership concept over the last you know, 10, 20 years, this thought of servant leadership Yet it's predominantly not necessarily what happens in the majority of organizations. I think we're still in a 20th century managerial employee dynamic where it's basically shut up in color, do things my way or the highway. That's the majority of most employees' experiences. And what we're growing at Crestcom is an opportunity to develop leaders in a more ethical world by giving them tools to serve others, to think, not to think of them, you know, of themselves, you know, less, but taking the moment to say, how can I best serve and help those who are part of my team? Kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, the, the mindset of when, when my people succeed, I become successful. It's not the other way around. It's not all for me. It's, it's for them. And then when they benefit, I benefit from it. It's a, it's a different mindset. And I believe some organizations have, have done that, have moved to that space, but a lot more have not. And my goal through Crestcom is to help more and more organizations, more and more people move towards that that society where we are empowering our people to do great things and when they do that we benefit from it and that's how we become great ourselves that's fantastic benny and uh, a, a great example of uh not only making a difference but make providing a better quality of experience of life for individuals who you know are in this in this, you know, leadership group or working group, whatever, because it's so easy for us to to lose the purpose and enjoy what we're doing. So, Manny, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you, where can uh, our listeners get in touch with you? Uh, what is the best place to uh, reach out to if they're interested in uh, joining your um, the, the leadership program that you run? There's several ways. You can contact me via LinkedIn. Manny Martinez, you can find me there. Also through crestcom.com, you can find me by looking for training in your area, whether it's for myself um, in my area or perhaps someone that lives closer to you as well. I'd be happy to connect you with a representative from our team because we are in 60 countries and we have 25,000 clients globally, excuse me. That's what I wanted to say. But those are the easiest way via LinkedIn. 
or through our website, crestcom.com. Okay. And we'll put them on the, uh, when we copy the, the podcast link, we'll put the links there as well for everybody to reach out. Um, Manny, it's been an absolute honor, a privilege to talk to you. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's, it must be evening there now, correct? It is five o'clock in the afternoon and the sun still got a little more to go, but it'll be going down very soon. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I'll let you go. Uh, once again, absolute honor, pleasure to have you on the, the show and I hope we can chat again. And um, I thank you again for your time, Manny. Thank you. Yeah, it's just been a pleasure. Appreciate thank you. Thank you. Have a great evening. Me too.